there's like Uber Pool in New York. And I tried to take, like, I selected Uber Pool the other day. And then it was like, oh, we didn't match you with an Uber Pool. And then they sent me 20 bucks. So I was like, okay, now I know to, oh, so Uber Pool is theoretically like, um, like all the ride sharing people are, are adding it to their apps, like, like carpooling. So it attempts to programmatically find someone else who has also made a request that matches yours. Sounds dangerous. But not like exactly. Why would it be dangerous? It's already dangerous enough getting in a random's car. So what's the difference between getting in a random's car with another stranger? Yeah, there's a better chance at least like one of them will be sane. Yeah, they can gang up on the the other one. <laughs> but like, that- and also, and it's an opt-in. It's not like a, you're going to be like, surprise, you get to share your cab. Like, it's an opt-in pool. But um, I didn't match with anyone. And so, like, because if you match, you split the fare. Um, like... This is something that like bothered me and bothers me in Philly that the train station. So in in DC, if you take the train to DC, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but whenever I took the train to DC, the uh, I call them the taxi captain. Um, I don't know if that's actually what they're called, but the person who runs the line, mm-hmm. the person who's in charge of the line and yells at you, um, they group people. They say like, where are you going? Are you going to Capitol Hill? Are you going to Georgetown? And they put you, they they carpool with you. Like they force you to carpool because there's just so many people. And in Philly, like I've tried to be like, hey, anyone going to South Philly? And nobody ever takes me up on it. <laughs> and it's just like, people are like, no, I want to be grumpy and sit in a cab alone and pay all the money. <laughs> Fuck you people, God. I don't mind sharing a cab. I usually don't want to talk to anybody. I don't. You don't have to talk. We're just sharing a car. Yeah, We're just sitting. Like I don't want to. I don't want to be friends. Like <laughs> I just want to pay only five dollars instead of like five instead of ten. And not wait like five times. And not as long. wait forever. Yeah. So I uh, I took my first lift when I got here from the airport. Uh, and that was pretty cool. It was I think it was like a few cents more than Uber at that time. Um, that what was? Lyft. Oh, okay. L Y F T. Uh huh. Um, I was researching them a few weeks ago. They're a pretty cool company. Um, well, Uber alternative. Yeah, I mean, also it's like you know, it's kind of like the alternative is like super awful. So like it's it's the the great surface, great service, awful management. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy uh, picked me up and then was like, "Hey, you want to like plug your phone in, and listen to your music?" And then uh, he was really chatty and friendly on the way over here. And you hated that because you don't like to talk to people in cars? Is that the point of the story? No, I think he caught my, like, I just got off a flight. I don't want to talk to anybody kind of thing. Uh, but it was, no, it was, it was a pretty pleasant experience. And I've been taking it, like, uh, whenever Uber has surge pricing. I, I check both apps and see which has a car closer. If, if I check one and it's, like, over three minutes away, then I check the other one. Usually the other one's nearby. But if Uber has surge pricing, which can be, like, two to four times more money, even in, like, Salt Lake City on a, on a weeknight, um... Lyft will have prices that are way cheaper. So I've been using Lyft to avoid Uber search pricing as well. Uber's been so cheap, I actually feel bad sometimes. Really? You're like, I just, I just circumnavigated the city and paid you $4. <laughs> I paid $7 to get from 14th and Locust to my house. That's bad. Yeah. That'd be like, what, a $15 cab ride? I think so. It's like $10 to get the 12th and Chestnut. So, so Uber, you have to like go through a process to become a driver. Um, Lyft, like in the consumer app, there's a big drive button that says drive for Lyft. No, but there is still an application because I looked into this stuff and, uh-huh. um, because like when there's, it's one of those things, like I, I would honestly do this or I would make my husband do this. Um, because like if you open your app and it's like 5x pricing, which basically means like 
like especially like my husband like if he's up playing video games at like two in the morning if he just like left the house he could make so much for like surge pricing on the weekend hmm that's interesting so like just and, be a surge pricing driver yeah and like only drive when there's like a multiplier um but you your car has to, like because i actually do ask about like your car mm-hmm. um and my car's not new enough uh so my car's too old Plus, it's also, a, it's also a two-door, so, like, let's be honest, that would be a terrible idea. Um, be like, hold on, let me put the seat down so you can climb in the back. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be the worst cab? <laughs> be like, like, I think the only thing worse would be, like, the cab that shows up and is like, all right, you're riding the, the flatbed truck. That would be the only thing worse than a two-door. Or the trunk of a smart car. Do they have trunks? Kind smart of. cars? Yeah. Do you have a smart car? No, I have friends oh. with smart cars. Oh, okay. No, if I had a smart car, it would probably be new enough, but I don't think you could drive people around your car. Uh, how has hacker school been this week? It's good. It's disturbing how fast it's going by. Um, I, I've i been making progress on what I'm working on, but then I got blocked yesterday because Xcode um, had a super download. So fair warning if, you know, if you're downloading Xcode, it will, because it's downloading uh, the watch kit stuff. So it's like, it's multi gigs. So you're like, oh, you know, sure, I'll update my computer. Huh, okay, I guess I'll agree to the SDK license. And then it's like, rah, 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 downloading gigabytes of data. It's awful. But now it's done. I haven't opened Xcode yet because I'm sure all my shit's going to be broken. <laughs> After watching the Apple Watch event, I, I kind of want one Apple Watch. But I was so surprised their pricing so expensive for the, for the bands. Um, I know that, that Len made jokes about the Apple Watch and wants to encase everything in gold. Oh, yeah. I said maybe we could uh, charge a lot for our software consulting if we just, like, sprinkled some gold on it. <laughs> like, I really don't understand because, like... You can open... I think you should... You can open a dev agency and call it Goldschlager. <laughs> maybe the stainless steel watches that I buy are not the same that Apple are use, is using for their materials, but I feel like a stainless steel watch is, like, 100 bucks, but their band for a stainless steel watch is 450 Well, they showed... In the video, they're like, oh, it's all made of like one piece of metal. And no, I guess that's not the band. But the watch I want, the, I want the, the Link bracelet, which I think is a funny name for the most common like watch that I buy. I really like the, the blue one. The uh, blue sport one? Yeah. It was very, like, it wasn't shiny or out there. It was nice. But I watched some of the presentation, and I was having moments of like, oh, yeah, I could, I could use it for that. Although I'm gonna be working from home soon, I don't know if I can justify um, like a personal communicate on my wrist when I'm not leaving a desk most of the day. Well, you can use it to to leave your desk, like and stay connected. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or the the, the thing where it, like tells you, tells you to get up. Yeah, you need to move, Justin Campbell. That is a good point. I'm getting a standing desk though, so that'll help. I went through a little wearables phase when I was doing some consulting uh, on wearables, and I can't get into them. I don't like wearing jewelry of any kind i had an, an android watch and it was kind of nice but i don't think it warranted the weight and the brightness especially with the apple watch with an 18 hour battery life i don't think there's any way i could handle that i used to wear a fitbit and it happened to be that most people in my family had a fitbit so we would like every time we see each other every few weeks it would be like oh you were walking a lot this week <laughs> or i beat you um but i also had problems like syncing with bluetooth it never actually like worked consistently so I like that the new iPhones have the motion sensor built in, so you don't actually need to, at least if you wear your phone in your pocket, you don't need to have something else to track your motion. I like when I'm traveling and I'm like walking around a big city. I like seeing that like I'm walking a lot more than I usually do. 
I had an amazing joke, and then I waited, and now I forgot. I was like, <laughs> it's funny, funny story. So, so uh, last episode, I picked a mini quadcopter as my pick. Um, and at the conference, they had a bigger quadcopter that was a similar, similar like dumbness, like doesn't doesn't do anything by itself. You need to pilot it, but it's called the Sima S Y M A um, on Amazon for like sixty bucks. Well, that was pretty cool. I'll slide that around. Do you, Len, did you ever get your quadcopter fixed? It's still a little funky, and I'm also still really bad at flying it. I just <laughs> fly it immediately into a wall. I want to get like a big, expensive one, but I can't justify the price. Javon, I sent. I watched that uh, video you had sent me. Oh yeah, with the the, the joy of pro- yeah. Yeah, the joy of programming. That was really cool. So um, you want to explain it? Yeah, it was it was Karen Meyer uh, talking about the joy of programming. And she does a lot of stuff with like programming robots with closure. And then the other guy, I can't remember his name right now. Um, he makes, uh, Overtone, which is a closure library for making music. And he also made this thing called Sonic Pi, um, for Raspberry Pis. And so him and his, uh, stage partner, uh, they're, they're in a band called MetaX and they were making music on stage after he showed off Sonic Pi. And, uh, Karen Meyer had the robots dancing to the music. It was really cool. Wait, is and this the video from Strange Loop? Is this yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was there's like, a, you were descri- you start kept describing it, and I was like, I was there. There's okay. a spider-looking <laughs> robot. I was there. The, yeah. I forget the, the name of it, but... The hexapod. Yeah. Yeah. And then it can move, like, the legs separately from, like, other legs. And I was just like, I want one of those. Ooh, what else is going on? Um, Ron, how was the meetup last night? It was, it was actually really good, apparently. I was bummed I missed it with your first kata. There are lots of Twitter action or Twitter tweets after. Um, yeah, and we also did a kata. We stole it from Software's craft. Um, it was it good. Before the speaker? Yeah, before the speaker. How was that structured? It seemed fine. Uh, one person did tell me that she kept getting distracted from the talk because she wanted to go back to the kata. Oh. Um, but I was like, that's not the point. You were supposed to delete your code. Um yeah, people use the seeds. They said the kata seeds um, help them focus on the problem more instead of getting set up because they always forget how to get certain things set up because most people spend their time at Rails or some other library. Sweet. So, yeah, people seem did, to have um, a good time. Did you pair? Yeah. Okay. And pairing was just, hey, there's someone right next to you. Uh, pair up with them. And now that I think, well, this didn't happen, but this could potentially happen with us. If friends come, friends usually sit next to each other. Um, Go find somebody on the other side of the room. (laughs) It didn't really happen last night. So, yeah. A lot of people, so we did the string calculator, and a lot of people pointed out that they did not know that um, split took a regex pattern. Hmm. Oh, and then we all got up and talked about it, which I thought would be dangerous, but it actually worked out well, because... So like at least forty people talking about Darkata. So nice. So I think we're gonna continue with that. I'm not sure what to do about lightning talks though. What do you mean? Oh like you mean like if you can get rid of them now? Yeah, I don't want to get rid of them, but I mean they don't after the main speaker or would that would take away from the main speaker? So I thought about that and I was gonna do that, but last night because I wanted to give a lightning talk. Um but I was like, eh, the talk was so good and I don't wanna People and people already seem checked out. Like they're talking a lot, and so I don't know. It's worth experimenting with. But 
But if you're listening to this and you would like to give a talk at FLRB in April, you should contact me. I might contact you. <laughs> All right. Pam, are you going to like meetups in New York while you're up there? Um, I thought I would, but not really. I hang out with the hacker schoolers. Mm. So that's like what we do. I signed up for a couple before. I've been to one. And there are some that I would like to go to, uh, but they uh, haven't been scheduled. So something I have a fondness for. Um, and then, well, I'll be, so I'll be at Rightspeak Code next week. Oh, cool. So uh, I'm speaking on a panel there. And so that'll be a nice place to see a lot of people. Um, and that was Re- Rebecca Mill Webster runs that and she was in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so... Should be a lot of fun. I'll get to see a lot of people that are super cool and meet a lot of people who are super cool. Um, and yeah, it's like the big one. But I really like hanging out with the hacker schoolers. So and then like you know attempting to hang out with people I already people I know in New York. But people in New York all need like three weeks of notice to socialize. So like there are totally going to be lots of people who I haven't seen. I think we already. I think we may have already talked about this on the podcast. But where are the hacker schoolers from? Like like. Half of my All batch over. is international. Okay. So half of them are international, mostly European. There's a few Australians. Um, but like that's also like because they're here and they only have three month visas generally. It's a general rule. Not true for all of them, but um most of them are pretty much down to hang out whenever because like they're only here for a few months and so they wanna do everything. Mm-hmm. So when we're like, you know, hey, let's just go walk in Central Park because there's Central Park, uh they're like, Okay, I'm down. We're doing a 5K together on Saturday. Oh, cool. Um, so karaoke is happening. <laughs> There's lots of stuff. So Some people are going to an early morning uh, rave. A rave? Yeah. There's a, it's called Morning Gloryville. It is a substance-free rave that starts at 6.30 in the morning. See, the reason it's substance-free is because it's 6.30 in the morning. You're going to be I mean, like, you could if you want to. Like, you could also, it could still technically be night for you if you stay up until 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Um, But it's a a substance-free party. It's, like, from 6.30 to 9 in the morning. Um, That's pretty cool. It is cool, but it's one of those events where, like, it totally falls into my wheelhouse. But it's just, like, so early that i'm just like nope that that exceeds my ability to and it costs money so it's not free if it were free that's like you know then it would be doable because there's snacks but oh there you go yeah i, I so don't know like, how i'm I about, about, I'm about free events that have snacks have you been to a rave Duran? no i've been invited to raves and i was like oh, i don't know i don't know if that's See, my I, thing i don't know what I a rave is like today i don't think I, you're missing out dude I would. I'll. I'll go to Lemon. I don't think you're missing out. Okay. So every time I, go I was going to answer your question about what is a rape today. Yeah. Every time I hear about it, it's usually abandoned warehouse and lots of alcohol. So I, I think of it as like. <laughs> okay. I don't think of it as alcohol. I think of it as like other drugs, which I like that this one. Substitute. Yeah. I well, don't mention that was Jervon was trying not to say. Oh. I'm, oh. <laughs> Um, and then I think the music has to be like, tech, 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 uh, it's probably like EDM these days, right? Or electronic Skrillex music. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Like I used to go to stuff like that when it was like drum and bass and deep house. I used to actually DJ many moons ago. Not like that. When you go to any raves in Michigan? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> so. Oh, raves in Michigan. Yeah. 
So, Justin, how did your talk go? It went really well. Um, I was third to last of the conference, the two-day conference, uh, which kind of sucked because the entire conference I was stressing about my talk and not paying attention to anybody else's talk, and uh, I was working on mine. Um, so I felt really bad about that. But then I, I gave it, and a bunch of people said it was really good, so I feel better now. And what was your talk on? Oh, it was uh, it was called, well, it's about learning languages. It's called Make Up Your Own Hello World. Um, but Len, as, as you said, that's not a really great name. <laughs> well, uh, I think it's good enough to get you accepted into conferences, so. Yeah, that's true. I really, liked, I really liked his other name. Is <laughs> it learn, learn 20 languages in two years or something? Yeah, or how, to, how I learned 20 languages in two years. Mm. That, is, that is the Hacker News title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's just opening you up for all types of flack. Yeah. You really didn't well, really but... learn 20 languages. <laughs> you, you know, you haven't written production in 20 languages. Uh, I hate people on the internet <laughs> sometimes. A lot of times they're awesome, but a lot of times they're really annoying. I tried something different this time where I uh, wrote down everything I was going to say in the speaker notes, and then that kind of helped me be less nervous because I could just read the speaker notes. But I think I needed to be better at reading them more naturally. Um, I, had, I had a lot of content, and it was hard to keep all in my head. But I think if I give this talk again, it'll be a little bit easier. Someone told me about a book called Presentation Zen last night, mm-hmm. um, which I guess helps you, or talks about a strategy for a presentation. Um, because the speaker read it, and then someone in the audience was like, hey, did you read Presentation Zen? Your method seemed a lot like what was it? They both read it, so I thought that was interesting. Mm. I think the main point is less content on your slides, just like a point that you're trying to make, and then talk about it. Yeah, there's the, um, what do they call it, Navy, Navy pre- presentation format, where it's like, tell people what you're going to tell them, and then tell them, and then tell them what you told them. But I feel like that is unnatural whenever I'm trying to write a talk. That's, so, Sounds I mean, like that's, camp. well, it's good for for business presentations, too. Mm. Um, but it's also, I mean, I think it's it's a good presentation role in general, but I think it's especially for, for PowerPointing. Oh, okay. And so, you know, because of that, if you're someone who is kind of anti-powerpointing, then presentation zen is probably more your style because you might want, you have, you will have a PowerPoint because you don't want people to just stare at you for 40 minutes. Um, you want them to stare at something that's not you so that you don't get freaked out. And then you put, you know, cute, I, I, I actually don't like too many gifts. I think they become distracting because of the motion. Mm. Um, but like so I was just, static, I was gonna beautiful s- big static images and stuff and every so often a gift but i've seen people use like like tons of gifts i think i had i had 130 some slides i think i had maybe like five or six gifts um i use them usually for like comedic timing so i don't have to actually make up a joke <laughs> if i can find something that's funny related to what i'm talking about one thing that got a, a lot more laughs than i was expecting was this uh i was talking about how awesome vim is at, at editing every language uh, and being an ID for all these different languages. And I had a GIF of this screwdriver that could screw in any kind of bolt or any kind of um, fastener. So it's a GIF of this uh, person with a with a drill, like drilling in all these different shaped things. And people were cracking up pretty loud at that with a, with a Vim logo next to it. I'll put that in the show notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me describe this GIF for you over the radio. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a spinoff podcast. You can just describe GIFs. How much work would it be to do a video podcast? That'd be so bad. Not much. Hangouts on air. Uh, that's true. We'll do it live. I also had a gif of uh, an owl getting a hat put on its head. And it really didn't fit the... Uh... That sounds really cute and I need you to send it to me. Okay. 
Um, it didn't really fit the context, but I really want to put it in presentation. Someone was telling me about a podcast last night called like Sound Song Decomposer or something, where it's a podcast about like decomposing a song and like what it means, why, like what part of the song works, and which like what part. Like it just basically talks about music and songs, and I think I want to check it out. So this is his favorite podcast. Hmm. What was it called again? Have, have you not heard of Turing Complete? <laughs> Uh, I think song decomposer. I'm gonna Google it now. Also, using um, Dexet app, the uh, the app for writing things and writing presentations in Markdown worked really, really well. Um, but the I wish they had more themes. The best theme I could use um, happened to be the same font that Ryan Davis used the day before. And as soon as I put my my slides into the projector, somebody was like, "That's the same font that Ryan used." <laughs> but he actually didn't use a uh, Dexet app. He just happened to use the same font. Yeah, I, I really liked uh, going to this conference and, and speaking at it. Um, Cause I haven't really been to, I haven't really been to like a conference in like over a year. At least not like, not like I've been to this one like traveling this far. And you went to Steel City last summer. That's true, but I went with you and and Lynn and uh, somebody else. So that was a little, a little different. Going by yourself my... forces you to be a little more you know social with people you don't know. Which I was terrible at. So I worked my presentation the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Although, um, not finding a lunch group the first day, because I, I think I was in the bathroom, um, I ended up walking like a mile to get barbecue. And then that night, they had a, they had a party where they had catering from the same barbecue place. <laughs> what was the food like in Utah? I know you've been there before, but... It's good. It's kind of like a... I you've been to city. Utah before? Yeah, I used to live in uh, Park City, which is a ski town. What? Uh, I, I used to be a lifty... You live in Utah? Oh, yeah. I well, actually Utah's really cool. Well, I, I guess like any major cities like this, but um, there's a lot of great food options downtown. They also have this pretty neat outdoor mall. It's like two stories. But what's like what is Utah known for for food? Like Pittsburgh is those sandwiches. Uh, it's known for Mormons. Mormons are food. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not vegan. <laughs> um, I, I have no idea. It's okay. like I have this barbecue place. I'm having trouble, and it's actually a few good coffee places. I guess it's just any normal food. I passed by a cheesesteak place. I was like, oh man, if I only like cheesesteaks, I could have some taste of home. I found an awesome coffee place yesterday in Philly. Where at? Uh, Fourth and South. It's called Milk and Honey. Good coffee. Great coffee. And uh, good food. A little slow, though. Isn't Fourth and South right next to They're chill. They're, very, they're a chill place. Okay. It would be good for code and coffee. Because you could just like hang out there although like it's it's better when it's warmer so that there people take up the tables outside and then you can sit inside isn't Fort yeah, and south right where the starbucks is it it is down yeah the this one's, the this one's the, like the alley <laughs> at the, the starbucks, starbucks or the starbucks or the starbucks oh, um, it's a good trick for making people think you know the city it wasn't near the starbucks yeah it's near <laughs> starbucks <laughs> Yeah, somebody was telling me last night that, like, oh, yeah, the, like, where I work tomorrow, uh, I did, I'm in Salt Lake City for an extra day, so I need to find a place to work remotely. And somebody was like, oh, yeah, I think there's a Starbucks, like, a half mile from here. <laughs> that's my, that was my thought. I was like, isn't there, like, a Starbucks, like, in every direction, like, less than a half mile? Why don't you check out one of the co-working places? You know, I, I researched them, and only one of them even had, like, uh, like drop-in for the day pricing shown. Um and I asked around at, at the conference for locals, and uh, nobody seemed to really recommend them. They were just like, oh, you should probably work from a coffee shop or find a, <laughs> find a company that you want to work at. Um, yeah, I'm looking at some now, and there's this work hive, which this, the name sounded cool, but 
uh, it doesn't pass Alex Hillman's uh, co-working space website test, which is... Oh, what's that? When you have a website for your co-working place, and it just shows, uh, like, the desks instead of the no people. people. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like... Because then you're just renting desk right. and not a co-working space. And then you should just go work at a uh, coffee shop. Right. Because they have tables. Or a library. Sorry. People I went to library, I went to the library a... over the weekend and the library was awesome and I and I was like I need to hang out here. There's actually a uh, a bookstore with a coffee shop attached that I'm going to go to today. I think there's also libraries. Is it Barnes and Nobles with a Starbucks in it? <laughs> no, it's actually like an independent bookstore and a very nice coffee shop. Yeah, but libraries don't have like good coffee, do they? Plus, I don't need to borrow a book. I just need a seat. So Ernie Miller gave a presentation uh, at the end of the conference. Uh, it was called Humane Development. And one of his slides was, he, he had said out loud, forcing developers to commute to an office is a joke. And his slide said, must be willing to re- relocate to 1992. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I tweeted that with uh, his name in the Mountain Westerby Conference hashtag. And all night I've been getting nonstop retweets and favorites. Like I think it's a, I guess it's like tech definition of like going viral, like can't be stopped. And people are like getting into arguments about whether or not you should work in an office. Wait, is this a Twitter fight? Uh, yeah. Let me, let me uh, I'll put put that link in the show notes too. I'll send it to you guys. Yeah, I'll I'll try and look at it and just read the top level. Otherwise, I'll fall into a Twitter hole. There should be a a word for that because like now that there's the conversations, you can kind of follow them, but also not. And so you end up having to click through to a lot of things because there will be a random thing that doesn't follow. And you'll be like, what's that in the context of? And go and click through to this conversation. I wasted a lot of my life on these. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, there's a very long thread of fighting. Did we we talk about... That I got called out by reactive extensions and there was a whole, like, Twitter hole about it? Because it's not a Twitter fight. Like, it's just, like, lots of mentioning. I was mentioned many times. (laughs) But uh, I wrote a blog post a couple weeks ago where... Maybe it was last week? Oh, my God. Time moves too fast. But, um, so, like, you all know reactive extensions, right? Yeah. Uh, Maybe. Okay, so reactive extensions, um, it started as a library, I think, for .NET, but it definitely came out of Microsoft Research. Um, And it's not an FRP library, but it adds functional stuff. So it's, it's a library for reactive programming. So they don't, they say they aren't FRP, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, functionally, library stuff, and then reactive extensions for JavaScript came out in 2010. And so I wrote this post. So this post was saying, because I've, like, everyone is freaking out about React, right? Everyone's writing React for everything. You can write, you, there's Scala for React.js, like, or blah. there's React for Scala.js. Like, there's there's React for everything now. Um, and so the thing I wrote was just a very short post saying, like, hey, are people getting really excited about React now because they kind of missed the boat on reactive extensions? So because reactive extensions came out at the same time as all the major JavaScript frameworks because there was kind of a time when they all came out. And React right now, in terms of popular JavaScript frameworks, is an outlier because it came out in 2013. So it came out a bit later. And so that's it makes it an outlier from the set. And so I was curious if... So I was I was just thinking out loud in the blog post if, if that's a, you know... If the the reaction to React is kind of a late reaction to reactive extensions, because React is pretty much known, like React people have said that it was inspired by reactive extensions. 
And so there's a Twitter hole about that. So if you look in like my mentions, although like that would be, I'll, I'll put it, I'll link a link to the Twitter hole in the show notes. Um, click at your own risk. <laughs> but basically it also seems, so, you know, so reactor extensions like, oh, we aren't a framework we're, and we aren't an FRP library. And it's like, well, what the heck are you if you aren't a framework or an FRP library? Every single JavaScript framework says they aren't a framework, like, or it has at some point. And then they get over it and like suddenly they're a framework and they deal. Like, I actually do think that React Extensions is a library and not a framework, but I just find it annoying when frameworky like things say that they aren't a framework. Also, React's not a framework. It's a it's a view layer. It's not a framework, but it is because it is. Any thoughts on that? Thoughts define on React Extensions? Who would define a framework in a library? I define a framework as something that is a library that then informs the way you write most of your code. Like, or the architecture. I like that. If it's, if it's, you know, if it's significant enough to influence your architecture, then it's a framework. A library just means someone else's code. And so, like, it's a, it's a little bit of a cop-out term because we use libraries all the time. You know, like, like anything you didn't write really, or that's, you know, preferably isolated. But anything you didn't write is kind of a library. So a framework could be a library, but a library can't be a framework? A library can sometimes be a framework. Sometimes be a framework. But not always. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, underscore does not make me change the architecture of my application. It lets me use map. Like, but I don't have to change the architecture of my application to use underscore. So underscore is a library, but not a framework. That's that's what I call frameworks. I was just getting mad about... I just fell into the Twitter hole that Justin linked to. <laughs> Save it I, We warned you. Yeah, don't, don't do it. There goes my day. Yeah. If you happen to read that... Um... Snipe has some really good thoughts. Um, if I can find her actual Twitter name, I know who you're talking about, but it also is funny because her name is her S name is Snipe, and like what, going into a Twitter hole is kind of like a snipe hunt. <laughs> her Twitter name is and so in a way, you're going on a you're going on a snipe hunt in a snipe hunt. Get it? That's funny. Get Yo. <laughs> what have you all been working on lately? Side projecty stuff. I've been trying to figure out which JavaScript road to go down. There have been a lot of links lately about, you know, the explosion of frameworks. And I still really love Marionette, but people look give me weird looks when I say that I want to write things in Backbone. So I, I feel think like I, Ember. I played a little with Ember. Uh, I don't really like React because it's just a view. I don't see what all the hubbub is about. I am using it in a project. Uh, so that's that's kind of that's kind of what I was attempting to get at in my short post that apparently wasn't clear because it was too existential. But that I think the reason people are so excited about React is that they're actually just excited about FRP. Right. And no one can agree what FRP is. So let's you know forget that I said that and say that everyone's excited to to create isolated components that. Um, and well, and this honestly could apply to many frameworks. Let's, if you say something like create isolate components that re react to state and that that statement covers like kind of the emerging frameworks people are excited about with Polymer and React. That's the paradigm that people are going toward. Right. Or that they're, they're, people are interested in. Correct me if I'm wrong too, Lambo. It seems like you already, you already know React. Like if you had to use it in the future, you would know what to do. Well, I, I mean, like, a, there's not much to React, so I think I, okay. I think I get it. I haven't used uh, any of the like architectural patterns people suggest using. So we basically 
have components that I feel are doing a lot. Like they're doing all the data persistence. Like it's kind of like the views has the concerns of the model and the controller, which is kind of okay. Like the one nice thing about it is you can just look at that one component and it's doing, you know, everything. And you don't have to figure out what magic's being sprinkled in from the controller or whatever. Like Ember can get a little magic-y that way if you aren't familiar with it. Uh, but yeah, people are talking about a lot of different patterns like flux and reflux, and I haven't used any of those. Those are for React? Yeah. And I'm also nice. really a fan of Ampersand. I've been playing with it a little bit. Uh, ampersand is like the and yet's uh, rewrite of Backbone. They actually forked it and made it a little more composable. It seems like, as far as like adoption goes, um, at least among the Ruby community and also like the Elixir community, that Ember is kind of coming out ahead. But I, I can't speak from like actual JavaScript developers what they're doing. <laughs> they there, a bunch like, of videos came out from EmberConf. I've been watching those, and some of them are pretty inspiring. They seem to be in it for like the long haul. Um, I, I mean, I guess everybody is, but it seems like they're making very <clears throat> small and considered changes slowly to instead of like like the Angular way of um, with Angular 2, just break everything and rewrite most of it. Right. So with Ember 2.0, everything is going to, like all the features are being released and you're able to access them with feature flags. So when they actually branch off to 2.0, all they're going to do is remove the deprecated stuff. They're not really going to add much, if anything, new. Oh, interesting. Okay. You haven't mean to learn um, Ember. I mean, the thing I really like about Ampersand is. I mean, and Backbone before it is you're able to use them in things that are not, you know, complicated single page apps. With Ember, you kind of more or less, I don't know, I know I'll get, uh, you know, feet or pushback on this, but more or less you're, you're supposed to use the entire thing. So you're supposed to have, you know, an application that has client side routes and models and views and controllers. Uh, and with Backbone, you can just pick a part of it you want. So you can like pick the event system. And you can, you know, pick a collection. So if you just have a RESTful endpoint, you can use the models and then instantiate it and call save and that kind of thing. And the downside with Backbone was if you did want to use just one of those little pieces, you had to include all of Backbone. But with Ampersand, you can, you know, if you're using Browsify or some modern package manager with like NPM, you can just get the components you need. Hmm. There's something like 80 Ampersand components. And they did also come out with uh, a CLI client, kind of like Ember CLI. So when you're developing, you don't need to, you know, know what file you want to write where. You can just do, uh, you know, ampersand model, and it'll create all the files you need and make sure that, you know, like I said, it'll include what it needs to include. So it'll add to your package.json uh, ampersand model in all its dependencies. I've been writing a make file, Pam. <laughs> just one? So I started writing this bats test. Um, I need to build and test the thing, so I just wrote a make file. I did it last night. That was a good lesson. You know, I talked to I talked to someone here at Hacker School about I was saying about how your discussion on make files bored me, and he was like, "How could you be bored? Make files are so awesome." <laughs> and I was like, "This is a conversation that would only happen at Hacker School." But to be fair, without me even uh, telling him. Uh, Justin, he pretty much like already got to like he was like, no, they are awesome for for the web and for you know for other tools, so that you don't have to learn yet another package manager. That's awesome. 
like he, like he art he like without even like me telling him he was like no that's why they're awesome oh, that's, that's why so he like exactly the thing that you love about make files is what he loves about make files is like why why learn yet another i i ended up fighting with the new did i tell you all i was fighting with the new osx or ios mac the mac <laughs> package manager which one carthage carthage so it's pretty cool. But so the thing is, so you know, I don't know if you've heard of Cocoa Pods. So mm-hmm. Cocoa Pods is gems for for Cocoa. Um, but Cocoa Pods does not support Swift libraries. And so the emerging Swift world had to figure out their own way to do stuff. And so Carthage uh, lets you declare dependencies. It hasn't really been working for me, but that's I don't have a paid developer account because I don't want to drop $100 on one. Um, and so... Like the build process for them sometimes for using external libraries sometimes involves code signing. So sometimes it's gotten stuck and I can't use someone else's library because I can't sign. Um, but but uh, the cool thing about Carthage is you have a, a cart file and you do Carthage update and you use it's kind of go pathy. And so you actually just write, you know, like instead of having a, a one source at the top like you would for RubyGems, it's kind of, it's each line. It's you either say GitHub and then the username and location, or you, um, you know, give the location of a, a different Git repo. But so long as it's an open Git repo that some, like that the web service can go grab, um, just like, like as far as I understand, just like a GoPath, um, it will get your dependencies for you. You then have to drag them into your project. But other than that, like it's pretty, it's pretty well, I think it's pretty cool. It's becoming the, the package management standard for, for uh, Xcode people. That's great. I'm looking at it. It's written in Swift. Oh, the, the package manager for Swift is written in Swift. Yeah. <laughs> this does make sense. <laughs> so. Yeah, I have also, that realization. Car- Carthage is a good programming name too. Like, you know, every so often, like when there's like whenever there's there's a new library and like I'm like all the good names are taken. Carthage is like that's a good that's a good name. That's like a that's like an ancient city, right? Yeah. I don't think it has anything to do with package management, but uh, <laughs> in the ancient city of Carthage, they had Swift packages. Yeah, but it's a it was the the center of a civilization. So I guess in that way, like it's a you know it's the capital of, of an an empire, I believe. Maybe not. Maybe an empire civilization for sure. But I had a realization that um, with a make file, like so in Ruby we use rake, or in in Node we use um, or JavaScript we use one of you know four things to install dependencies. Um, but with a make file, you can actually. But the install... one thing you should use is npm. But well, so okay. yeah, let's, let's say you use yeah. npm and, and Node and uh, packages.json. The make file can actually install npm for you, though, which is kind of cool. Similarly, with like a make file, you can install Rake before you actually try to run Rake. So last night, I came up with this awesome joke. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Someone was like, "Hey, would you be interested in uh, hearing a talk on JavaScript package management?" And I was like, "Yeah, we can call it uh, package man uh, packaging your app with your favorite vegetable." And I was like, "I couldn't understand you." No, <laughs> packaging your app with your favorite vegetable. Oh. <laughs> but there's only <laughs> one vegetable <laughs> one. Yeah, is it celery. Oh no, that's a Python. I thought. Oh. Uh, oh right, broccoli. that's a cute thing. Gherkin. Somebody said cucumber was slow last night. And I was trying to be nice so I didn't I didn't yell at them. There's nothing wrong with cucumber. 
Are you guys ready for picks? No, I'm not ready for picks. <laughs> Pam put Haskell question mark in the show notes. And I want to know what she, she meant by that. <laughs> that I was I was trying to give hints since like because I realized like I think last time we recorded I had a bunch of interesting stuff to talk about, but we didn't get to it because of other topics. And oh, I guess make, that's, I'm, make make files because of the goddamn make files. Which like now now that you mentioned it, it's going to be mysterious on the podcast. <laughs> I should probably say that. Okay, so yeah, we recorded last week at night. Um, so we didn't we didn't take like half of a month off on purpose because we've missed a lot of weeks. Like we that just ha- that didn't happen on purpose. So and it was it was my obligation. People who listen every week. It was Justin's obligation to pick a topic, and I didn't. And I was like, I don't know. Let's talk about make files. It's a joke. And then, uh, it was not a funny joke. It was just a really <laughs> bad recording. And you shouldn't, and you shouldn't have made that joke because then Jervon actually wanted to talk about make files. <laughs> and it was a terrible joke, Justin. And it was bad. And I know you feel bad, so I won't tell you you should feel bad. Although I will uh, take up your offer one day of like when I'm like sick or something, you can order me seamless. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, I felt so bad about that. <laughs> Pam like left dinner with friends to to go record, and then we had a we had a really bad recording. And we didn't even publish, so yeah. <laughs> but we could have we could have imp- incremented the episodes off by one again, so we'd have another mystery: the mysterious <laughs> episode seven, and then the mysterious episode forty-one. Oh yeah, because we missed seven, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, off by one hour. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just <laughs> because I said uh, show notes are at turning.cool slash eight, and I'm like, oh shit! So I just and then <laughs> and then we just named it the eighth episode. You could just overdubbed seven. But show yeah, so, so that seven. so that that recording, like I had been working on a ton of interesting stuff, or or people I'd seen some people talk about interesting stuff they were on, and like like so I, that's why I, like in the show in the in the back channel I put some some things that we could talk about such that like this week I've been learning about context-free grammars also someone at hacker school got hacked and I'm peer pressuring them into writing a blog post about it um and it's because it's been really fascinating so they they figured out they got hacked and then they figured it out and they figured out how they got hacked um and it, it's been really interesting it's like I want to best, best diversion best diversion well I'm hoping that I can I'm hoping that I can convince him to write a blog post about it. And then, you know, once he does, then that'll be like, everyone will have read about it too on the podcast. And then, but it's good. And it's, you know, it's also interesting because it's, you know, it was just a a digital ocean uh, box. And so it was just like a play box. It's not like, you know, talking about his hack would, you know, he's not talking about a security vulnerability in a production website that he cares about. Um, He's talking about, you know, he got hacked and how he figured out that he got hacked and, why someone was able to hack him um it's pretty cool because a lot of times i feel like when you get hacked you're mostly just like running around and then you don't you don't like he he actually didn't like it was a virtual machine because it's digital ocean he didn't Mm -hmm. take it down like you know because obviously he's gonna throw it away um and you know like spin a new machine but like he didn't throw it away until he poked around and saved all the logs and did all this stuff so that he could uh explore it later that's cool so before he, he before he turned it down, I, mean, I guess it wasn't um, like sensitive information that was still running. So say like uh, you need to like take the only the only thing the only thing that is bad probably um, is that he will have to change all his SSH keys. So mm. just in general, when you get hacked, when your box gets hacked, you should change all your SSH keys. That was something I learned. So even if you're like, oh no, but I didn't put my private key on the server, it's 
theoretically possible if you had a tunnel open that if someone could if someone could sit in the middle and do a man in the middle in that tunnel, then they could listen to all your all your private shit. So you have to throw away all of your SSH keys. Otherwise, they can get into anything that you SSH into. Hmm. So I would vote for doing picks. Yeah, yeah we, could, we should go ahead and do picks. But you need to promise me next time talk about context-free grammars in Haskell. Well, okay. You can tell Len because I think he's in charge of topic next time. <laughs> okay. So... Um, I have a pick. I just need to pull it up, but I found something that was cool. Oh yeah. So actually, it's good that we talked about the we did talk about the being being. So the the thread that it was talk that we talked about on the thread was called being hacked school, um, which I think should be the title of his blog post. Um, but so there's there's this. Uh, there was also a blog post this week about. Uh, hiring and it was saying the you know it, like one of the quotes from it was you know we we interview it, it's like the way we interview is like if we interviewed a cellist and only asked them questions about music theory and didn't actually ask them to play um and so that that person who wrote that post was a crypto or security person uh which led to you know like down the road the, the, so there's this application security reading list uh on amazon and so I, I think it's related to that uh, post, but I, I can't remember if it's related to that post or related to the being hacked school. So that's, I can't remember which one it is, but it's like like 17 books on application security and things about the like commentary on like, here's why you would want to read this book and here's why this one's useful or here's things to skip or, you know, read. So that's my pick. Javon, do you have a pick? Yeah, so... um Thoughtbot released a tool called Pick, which is similar to Selecta. Um, it's supposed to be faster and have some other um, cool features. The one feature I did notice is you can use the arrow keys, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but they also have a Vim plugin, and you can do a file explorer with it and some other stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, and then my music pick is a song called Lean On by Major Laser. That's it. Major Laser is a great name. Yeah. You should see his thing, his artwork. So I'm going to pick um, Concurrent Ruby. Uh, there's a GitHub organization called Ruby Concurrency, and then the, the gem, I guess, is called Concurrent Ruby, which my OCD drives me nuts that those things are reversed. Um, but it's a collection of currency tools for, for Ruby, uh, and it has stuff from all kinds of other languages like Erlang, Enclosure, Scala, Haskell, uh, and... Yeah, I've used a bunch of these patterns before, but not from this library, so I'm excited to give it a try. So my pick is the show Veep on HBO. I, it's not a new thing for me, but I just rewatched it all, and I think it was better the second time. Uh, so it's coming Lens, back. You say time. all? Do you need Do you need to go outside? You've been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> Your picks have often been TV lit, like the last few weeks. It's it's TV season. I and pretty much didn't watch them. anything. Uh, in, in winter so now everything's coming back yep so that's it uh show notes are at turing.cool slash 42 follow us on twitter at turing cool and i'll talk to you guys next week peace bye